welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Paul Dow. He is the current eHealth Innovation Strategist for the American Academy of Family Physicians, based in Leewood, Kansas. With the advent of COVID-19, the goal is focusing on practice tools that will be robust in the rapid transition to telehealth and virtual patient engagement during the emergency and beyond. Paul is an innovative thinker and a strategist in the space, and I'm excited to be diving into what they're up to at the uh, American Academy of Family Physicians and uh, for him to share his message around uh, practice viability and and, and his him and, and his organization's uh, search for long-term solutions to help with COVID-19 and beyond. Uh, Paul, it's such a privilege to have you here. Uh, if you can, give us a little more insight into you and your bio and and then we could dive into into the uh, the interview. Sure. Uh, it's great to be here, Saul. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm a health informatician uh, and have worked for the Academy for about a year. Uh, prior to that, I was at the uh, leading uh, cardiac society in Washington, D.C. for about six years. And then prior to that, uh, worked for a medical device vendor uh, for about 10 in their uh, clinical education space. Uh, my clinical background is in radiology. I'm uh, a CT tech and x-ray tech from back in the day, uh, but have moved nice. over into uh, health IT uh, that really kind of seemed like the future, and uh, it turns out it was. So I'll have a, a variety of other predictions you know, by the end of the uh, podcast and maybe a few lottery numbers if you stick around. <laughs> I love it. I got my pen handy. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, insightful, Paul. Right? You, you definitely was the future and it is the present now. Uh, health IT, uh, the use of technologies like AI and digital health that are here with us and have been accelerated. Uh, what What is it that inspires your work in healthcare? I mean, you've been in it for a, for a long time. What keeps you working within the bounds of healthcare? Uh, to me, it's it's endlessly. I guess endless curiosity keeps me interested. Um, there's there's so much to learn, and um, you know it, it feels like that there's always a new development uh, and some new insights that come out of uh, research or uh, technology uh, advancements, uh, and trying to apply those into uh, a clinical space. You know, how can we make this this thing, this taking care of people, uh, more efficient and more effective? Not not in the sense of trying to make physicians, you know, more efficient hamsters, uh, but more how do you relieve them of the monotonous tasks uh, that their their skills are not suited for. You know, we don't want to make physicians, uh, you know, glorified stenographers, but we mm-hmm. want them to use their clinical expertise and their deep insight uh, into the diagnostic process, uh, as well as also uh, their deep empathy. You know, they, they got into healthcare because they care about people. And if we can have tools free up their time, then they can focus on caring for people. And, uh, you know, that, that to me is really a huge motivator of, of finding solutions that actually work and aren't just cool. I'm doing air quotes now. Uh, to see, but actually, actually are productive and, and help them on a day to day basis. Love it. Yeah, it's a it's a great uh, great calling. And and as as we you know dive further into into your organ the organization you're a part of, 
it'd be it'd be great to to know how you guys see yourselves positioned to add value to family physicians, um, but also to educate us on on what your community looks like um, and the breakdown of of the physicians that you guys are 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 helping. Sure. So we have about uh, seventy five thousand members of AAFP. Uh, if you include residents and medical students, that swells to about 130. But as far as practicing clinicians in the field, it's about 75,000. Uh, we have uh, 50,000 who are employed at a variety of locations, federally qualified health centers, uh, academic medical centers, uh, and the other 25,000 are independent practices. So basically, these are small businesses that are run by clinicians. Uh, and we're trying to find solutions to help help all of them. You know, certainly uh, there is no one perfect uh, technology that's going to fix everyone's issues. But if we uh, you know patch some of these technologies together uh, and then provide some uh, insights on workflow, uh, you know, best practices you know, we, we share within within uh, the house of family medicine, uh, you know, then we can start to to build some trends and build some some improvements that can be shared along the way. That's great. And, and so give us some examples, Paul. I'd love to hear, you know, some of the, some of the resources that you guys are, are coming up with for, for your members and, you know, maybe some examples of how something has surfaced that has helped and, and how it's helped. Uh, a great story to, to share is always good in this part. Sure, sure. So uh, we've been working with a company called Suki. S-U-K-I, and they have okay. a uh, digital digital clinical assistant um, uh-huh. that works. So it, it's a, a little bit like uh, Alexa, but for EHRs, so that they are able to uh, interact with their EHR just with their voice. Patients reviewing results, so that they aren't they aren't typing and, and keyboarding you know quite as quite as much. You know, we're seeing we've heard stories from clinicians who said that they have about two to three hours per night of data entry, basically, that they had to do after clinic. And then after using Suki, you know, they were able to leave the clinic on time. And they said that actually leaving on time felt like a vacation to them. Amazing. Uh, to be able to have that, you know, 10 hours per week back into their, back, they could choose what they wanted to do. They could go to their kid's soccer game or exercise and, and show some self-care. Uh, or even just you know uh, talk to talk to their family and have dinner at the same time, as opposed to staggering around for a, a quick snack at ten o'clock at night, you know, and then going to bed. Suki, Suki AI. Yes, Suki AI. Yeah, um, I just, we, I just looked them been, up. Yes, they are a, a fantastic solution. You know, we're we're we don't recommend specific products at the academy. What we're trying to recommend are classes of products. But definitely, Suki is one that we've worked with and installed with in our innovation lab uh, with a couple of practices in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in uh, Chicago, and uh, some other places, you know, that, that uh, to encourage tools. Our goal is to find tools that are, that are effective and are transformational to be able to say, you know, this, I can't live without this tool. This isn't just a, you know, a 5 or, you know, 7% increase in efficiency. This is a, a, a 30%, a 40% in, increase in efficiency. Docs actually feel like they are getting substantial benefit from their investment. I think that's great. You know, and, and, and I love the word transformational 
over a word like disruption, <laughs> and you you said it, Paul. Like I can't live without it, right? Once you once you see it, it just totally changes for good the way that you do things for the better. And um, you know, it, like you think of a product category of AI for EHR, not necessarily Suki, but just that category. It's transformative because it's such a pain point for a lot of physicians, right? This this EHR. And putting data in there and less less time with patients. And you you gave me a visual that was like so on point is being a better it's more than just being a better hamster on a wheel. Like it's, you know, it's about adding fulfillment. It's about adding adding joy. Uh, and so I think it's great uh, and, 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 and a great example. Yes. We've heard that from a number of clinicians, you know, that they are, um, the push again, pre-COVID was for productivity, you know, that they had to try to cram in that, that extra patient per day or two extra patients, um, you know, which over time had, had been leading to burnout. And that is a huge symptom that I, I don't think is going away in the COVID situation. Uh, it, it'll be different, uh, but, but certainly the, the, you know, the, the emphasis is going to be on, you know, how do you, how do you efficiently you know, treat your patients. You know, it's it's the year 2020. We're still, you know, writing, you know, keyboarding in, you know, the patient, you know, reports, you know, shortness of breath. You know, is there a way that we could, you know, pull that data in from a wearable device or uh, team-based documentation where you have other other members or even open notes where the patient themselves can say, I've been feeling very tired lately, uh, you know, so that it's not just falling onto the shoulders of the uh, MD or DO to document this. Yeah, no, I, I love that. It's a it's a great opportunity to to think about some of these things to to innovate and transform you know everybody's practice uh, and you you mentioned that today a big focus area is is practice viability tell me a little bit more about that and how you guys are helping there uh, certainly with the shift to almost a hundred percent telehealth patients are are now being screened for COVID like symptoms but we've seen that a lot of the chronic conditions are kind of going on the back burner. You know, people coming in for their, uh, have a wart looked at or their yearly you know, skin cancer assessment um, you know, might not be at the top of the list. So practices aren't doing uh, procedures. They aren't doing other, other, other care mechanisms to be able to provide services to patients. You know, we're seeing you know, if, you, if you're doing everything remotely, you might not need as many office assistants. You know, so that the practice size is going to be impacted. And what makes it extremely difficult is the unknown length of time. You know, how long we'll be in this situation. You know, certainly some states are easing their uh, stay-at-home requirements. You know, I think people will be nervous sitting in a room of people coughing, much less at a movie theater or on a cruise, but in a doctor's office. Right. You know, so I think that that's going to be a challenge uh, going forward. Um, you know, what we can do to help with that, um, you know, maybe it's uh, something along the lines of how uh, you know Apple runs their stores, their retail stores. You know, you have a you slot the times a little more effectively, so people who do need you know some in-person attention, um, you know, can arrive effectively and safely. You know, sequestered off, you know, in, into a separate area. Um, you know, but we still have to try to figure out what those best practices are. You know, I don't think, I don't think anybody knows those yet. So, uh, it'll take a little trial and error to try to figure those out. That's for sure. And, and, and it's, uh, it's great to have an organization like AAFP to, to provide some guidance and, you know, articles and, 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 and resources to the membership 
family medicine practitioners. What would you say has been one of the biggest setback you guys have experienced that produced the key learning? I think just the the the, the resource availability uh, mm-hmm. has has been a has been a challenge for us. You know, we hear from from tech companies who say, "Oh, we've got this greatest thing," you know, since sliced bread, and it only costs you know fifteen hundred dollars per provider per month. And you know, you got a practice of seven doctors, you know, it gets real expensive real quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, so trying to find that sweet spot. I mean, not that we expect everything to be free or only, you know, nineteen ninety five per doctor per month, but you know, that that it it, it kind of meets that that point that says, Hey, it, it is a, a bit of a risk financially, but not such a huge risk that it's it could sink the practice. So mm-hmm. we really have to try to balance those those things. You know, so that that we've had a couple of, of times where we've seen some presentations and, and, you know, we're thinking, hey, this is great. And then we get to the pricing. We're like, you know, quietly <laughs> trying to catch our breath and say, oh, that's an eye watering price. Yeah. Who are you aiming for with this solution? Because it's not family practice. Mm-hmm. Doc. Yeah, it's a it's a challenge. So how are you finding the best way around that? And have you found, you know, vendors that align well with with the budgets, you know, factored in for for solutions? That you're looking for? Oh, uh, we ha- we have found some. I think certainly um, it, it takes a little uh, give and take uh, on mm-hmm. some of these things. You know, where we've got some volume, you know, with members, you know, we can offer and say, look, you know, we if you can meet a slightly lower price point, you're going to have a, a wider range of potential customers, uh, you know, subscribers to to a service. Um, and and you know, some of them have been willing to to, to work with us on that. What's you know, really exciting is when we find someone who says, you know, we've got this product, it's still in the developmental stage, and we are trying to figure out, you know, how would it best fit family practice? And that, that, that really is exciting to us because then we can bring in docs and say, you know, you know does this meet your needs? Is this something that's, you know, and if not, why not? And how can we help make it better? And, you know, companies are willing to listen. You know, we really have not heard a lot of, well, you know, you, you know, you people just don't understand what this is and it's technology beyond you. They really have been responsive to, okay, well, how does, how does it get better? How, how do we make it fit in your world? Um, which is, which is exciting and gratifying to be, to be listened to and, and to, yes. and to have, have our members, you know, say, Hey, I really felt like, you know, they want to make some, they're not just trying to, they don't need me as just a, a, you know, a credit card number and, uh, you know, uh, something for their, their monthly sales goals. They really want to help me, you know, doctor, you know, in, in you know, Kalispell, Montana, a better person. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's a, there's a great opportunity here. And, and, and so, Paul, you know, as you, as you look for, for solutions to help the, the, the members, uh, and and somebody listening potentially says, "Hey, I have a solution, and I could be pretty price competitive. What's the best place for them to to reach out to you guys and 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 get more information to you to see if there is a partnership opportunity?" Uh, well, I would say certainly email is is the classic way to go. Uh, P D O W at a a f p dot org uh, is a great way to get a hold of me. Um, you know, we're attending a variety of meetings, or I should say we used to <laughs> meeting, uh, you know, we, uh, we, uh, I went to the, the health conference, the HLTH conference in Las yeah. Vegas last year, and that was fantastic. Um, you know, we were planning to go to HIMSS, but, uh, obviously that was, uh, you know, passed over. So we've already had our registration rolled over for next year. 
uh, and, and attending some of those uh, events. So, I mean, we're, we're actively out there talking to, talking to companies and, and startups you know, who, are, who are interested in, in, in family practice and family medicine and say, hey, this is, this is a place we want to play. Love it. So there you have it, folks. Paul shared his email. Make sure you reach out if you have something that you believe could be of service during COVID and beyond because they're interested in both, not just COVID times. They're looking at the long-term practice transformation and aiding of family medicine. What uh, are you most excited about today, Paul? Uh, to me, certainly the, the potential for change. I think the, the pivot to telehealth was incredibly fast. You know, the, the, the responsiveness of, of medicine to say, you know, we have a situation, let's, let's adjust, you know, shows to me that it's there. You know, the ability is, is there. So, uh, you know, if we can, we can demonstrate value and, and, you know, show this is a tool that can help, you know, people, I think, are now going to be open to the idea of asking for help and saying, yes, I need this. Let's, let's, let's trial it and see what works and what doesn't, and then share those lessons learned and then learn for next time. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, uh, like the old saying uh, from Nelson Mandela, the, you know, either win or I learn. And this feels like there's going to be a lot of learning going on in the next, you know, eight to 24 months. That's well said, Paul. I think you, you really summed it up well. And it's about, it's challenging times without a doubt. And, and the epidemic is, is, is really hurting a lot of businesses, a lot of healthcare businesses and practices. And it's that framework of learning that we'll have to embrace to, to make it through and be stronger as, um, as, a, as, a, as a healthcare group uh, on the other side of this. So I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of your, of your words of wisdom there, Paul. And, and, uh, and so as, you, as you've been spending these last few weeks you know, learning. What uh, what what books would you recommend to us to sharpen up our our perspective and 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 knowledge in in, in these times? Uh, well, there's there's a couple. Uh, I Deep Medicine by Eric Topol hmm. uh, about uh, artificial intelligence uh, making healthcare human again. Basically, he says the idea is that AI can handle a lot of routine tasks to allow. Uh, clinicians to offer deep empathy uh, to their patients, which I, I think certainly you know, strikes a chord with all the physicians I recommended it to. And then uh, also a book by Dr. Shannon Valor, Technology and the Virtues, A mm -hmm. Philosophical Guide to a Future Worth Wanting. Uh, it's definitely a, a deeper piece. It's looking at philosophical traditions and asking, you know, how should technology be uh, benefit mankind and, and benefit uh, all people? You know, so it, it, it's a little more philosophical, a little, a little deeper read, but, but definitely kind of a, you know, where do we want, you know, if we want to control the technology, as opposed to the technology controlling us, how should we think about it? So it, it's definitely a, a fascinating look, a, a deeper look at AI and, and some of those tools. Some great reads. Thanks for that, Paul. Yeah. And folks, you know where to go, outcomesrocket.health. In the search bar, type in AAFP. American Academy of Family Physicians. Uh, you'll find that in the, uh, in the show notes. We have a full transcript of our discussion and uh, links to, to the books and other resources that Paul has shared with us. 
Paul, uh, before we conclude, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you. I know you, you shared it already, but it, this would be a good place to repeat it. Sure. Uh, you can get a hold of me through email at aarpdow uh, at aafp.org. Uh, certainly the, ma- the mailbox is always open, as I say. Uh, and I guess my, uh, my, my thought is there's so much, healthcare is so big. It's, you know, you frequently hear the phrase boiling the ocean uh, yes. when trying to solve some of these things, you know, data interoperability, you know, all of these things. So I, I ran across a quote from Leo Tolstoy uh, that said, there is only one time that is important now. The most necessary person is the one with whom you are. And the most important thing is do that person good. So uh, to me, that feels like, you know, if it feels overwhelming to try to solve the world's problems, um, you don't even have to try to solve, solve for that. Just help the person that you're with and do that person good. And that, that will uh, take you pretty far. Great message, Paul. That's a great way to, to end our conversation today. Um, and again, I appreciate you sharing what, AAFP is doing for for your members and and obviously the folks listening are make up some of that membership and so uh, and also for the ecosystem of companies that feel they have an opportunity to to, to collaborate or a resource that's priced right for for family practices definitely reach out to Paul and and Paul just want to say thanks again for for spending time with us today. Thank you very much, Saul. It was an honor to be a part of this. Uh, Hopefully you can uh, stay safe and be well.